This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, all made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message to listen to the latest stories and to leave a comment. Hi, folks. Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. So I just got to tell you this past week, uh, my wife and I have been down here in Utah, Provo Salt Lake area, visiting two of our daughters. You know, I find they have a little different uh, take on the rules of driving down here. I noticed that when you're coming to a stoplight, uh, if it turns yellow, that means you really need to speed up fast. And the speed limit signs are more just kind of a suggestion, if you know what I mean. Anyway, so today's story, I'm going to tell you about a guy by the name of Fred Remington. Now, Remington was an artist, and he, along with Charlie Russell, are probably the two best-known artists from the Old West. So anyway, the story is that young Fred Remington, he was in Kansas City one summer day in 1885 when he saw a man he knew. And he was coming along in a wagon pulled by a horse, a nice looking mare that Remington liked the looks of. Now Remington was then about 24 and down on his luck. He had come west to make his fortune and in two years had actually succeeded in losing a sizable inheritance, about $9,000, roughly half of what it had taken his late father a lifetime to accumulate. Well, the young man's first Western venture was a sheep ranch in central Kansas. Well, that failed. Uh, He saw his future in maybe hardware or whiskey or anything else. With the money left, he bought into a Kansas City saloon as a silent partner, But within a year, it too had failed, and in the meantime, his new wife had left him. Her name was Eva. After three short months in Kansas City, 
She packed her things and headed home. Once she found that Remington was not a successful iron broker, as he had led her to believe, the one note of promise since her departure was a sale through a local art dealer of some Western scenes that he had painted. So anyway, back to the horse. So was this mayor for sale? Uh, and so Remington asked the guy, says, uh, was she, quote, good under saddle? In other words, a good horse. So they unhitched the wagon. He borrowed his saddle. Remington swung up to give the horse a try. Satisfied, he agreed to a price of $50. Well, the next morning, sometime in August 1885, Remington left Kansas City behind him, heading west. Now picture this, the lone figure of a man on the move, heading into the old west. And, of course, there's the horse. For, you know, Remington, there was always the horse. Uh, if he could have but one thing written on his tombstone, it would be, quote, he knew the horse. So he was born actually in 1861 in New York, about as far north uh, in New York State as is possible to go. His full name was Frederick Sackrider Remington. Now, his father um, had been a Union cavalry officer in the Civil War. Now, an only child, little Freddie, had the run of the town. Now, full-grown, standing 5 feet 9 and weighing upward of 200 pounds, a veteran Kansas City saloon keeper uh, said Remington could have been a uh, prize fighter had he chosen. So he must have been a pretty husky guy. Well, he had been sent to another military school uh, called the Vermont Episcopal Institute at Burlington, where he had his first formal art lessons. Now, then he went to a place called the Highland Academy, where his pen drawings of soldiers and battles were considered really quite an amazing thing by his classmates. Now, at Yale, he enrolled in the School of Fine Arts and actually played football and made a name for himself as a first-string forward, or I guess back then they called him a rusher, on the Yale team of 1879. Now, repeatedly over the years, he was to remain unmistakably a product of Yale, more Yale than, what you say, a cowboy, and friends there were dressed as old boy or old chap, and he was actually frequently mistaken for an Englishman. On the death of his father in 1880, Remington dropped out of Yale after only a year and a half, and he tried some different jobs, but, you know, he went west for a short time up into the Montana Territory, and on coming into his inheritance at 21, he took off for Kansas. Now, neither his mother nor Eva, his wife, took an interest in his artistic efforts. Only one member of the family, William Remington, a favorite uncle, uh, remained convinced that the boys uh, had kind of a future in art. Well, his success was kind of sudden in a little more than a year. Back from his wanderings through New Mexico and Arizona, he reunited with Eva, his wife, his bank account nicely enhanced by his Uncle Bill. He had established himself as a magazine illustrator. Now, in short order, he was discovered in 1887. Harper's Weekly alone carried 39 of Remington's drawings. Well, the next year, more than 70 uh, Remington drawings and sketches appeared in Harper's Weekly. His annual income, $8,000. Now, back then, folks, that was a lot of money. Well, he and Eva bought a large house in New York. By 1890, only five years after being down and out in Kansas City, he was one of the best-known artists in America, a full-blown celebrity at age 28. 
Well, in 1890, Harper's Weekly ran more than 100 of his illustrations, and the improvement in his work was astonishing. He just got better and better. Uh, he had one painting, it's called The Dash for the Timber, and you can see the riders charge nearly head-on into the viewer. Their horses are flying. Hardly a hoof touches the ground. The dust flies. Guns blaze away. The wind whips the big hat brims of these cowboys. It was a big action in big space, and the painting actually measured four feet by seven feet, the original. So, you know, pretty good-sized one. And Probably some of you have seen that painting, I'm sure. Anyway, some of Remington's subject matter, uh, like Hiawatha, had nothing to do with the West. But it was the West, however, that uh, the public wanted the most of. They wanted to know about that. The Wild West, you know, cowboys, horses, soldiers, renegade Indians, and action, lots of action. Well, he kept going back and forth to the West to gather material. And uh, he became known as an expert on the subject. Well, the widespread impression was that Remington's West must be authentic. You know, the real West, the real thing. And this accounted for his popularity. Now, it was said repeatedly and usually with Remington's encouragement that he had been a cowpuncher himself, that he had seen action with the troops, when in truth he really had never done either one. Well, he had experienced a lot of hard riding with the cavalry in New Mexico and Arizona and Montana and the Dakota Territory, and he had known and observed a lot of cowboys and Mexican vaqueros. Uh, he'd seen the Cheyenne, the Apache, the Sioux, the Crow Indians. He had seen nearly all of the West in every season and made friends everywhere he went. Uh, and he was sketching and painting all along. Well, so like so many before him and since, he found the West physically and emotionally invigorating. I mean, it was therapeutic. He loved it. He loved the air. The freedom he felt in such what he called grand, silent country. But it was there also that he had staked his claim professionally, quote, cowboys are cash, he told a friend. So on a grueling cavalry exercise in the heat and dust of June in Arizona, an expedition that seems to have been designed in part to test the endurance, he measured up well enough to be elected an honorary member of the troop. Now, he was a man of... Uh, pretty phenomenal appetite for good food and drink. Remington had become, by then, what he says, quote, a huge specimen of humanity, weighing perhaps uh, about 250 pounds. In fact, it's said that when he dismounted off his horse, the horse appeared to be kind of uh, ready to get rid of him. Now, a young officer described Remington as, quote, big, Good, a big, good-natured, overgrown boy. Well, one morning, uh, Remington asked for a cavalryman's breakfast. So, and that is basically, quote, a drink of whiskey and a cigarette. So that was breakfast. Now, Remington was a fellow you could not fail to like the first time you saw him. Uh, others would say uh, uh, a lot of the same thing as they got to know him. Uh, never a cowboy or a soldier, really, never a good shot. He was often bothered by the sight of blood. He relished the companionship of uh, hard-sighted, plain-spoken men, men who loved the outdoors as he did. Nothing gave him such pleasure, Remington said, as sitting about with a good companion, you know, sitting around a good campfire. But Remington never stays put for long in any one place. But there's an awful lot of him while he is around. So he takes he has a big presence, I guess you would say. You know, he called the soldiers of the Indian Fighting Army, 
quote, my tribe, and uh, they more than even the cowboys and ranchers were the real West, both in what he painted and what he wrote. So the real West of the sod house, uh, homesteader, of crops and families, of small towns and uh, railroads, really did not appeal to him. But Remington's uh, Westerner is a horseman, you know, the wild riding soldier or cowboy, uh, the horseman battling with the Indians. So while the rest of the country spoke of the advance of the frontier, the taming of the West, as you might say, to Remington, the frontier was receding and, in the end, a tragic loss. He loved the old, old West. In fact, uh, President Roosevelt uh, considered Remington the country's greatest living painter. And his pleasures were simple. He loved horses, dogs, a good cigar, snowstorms, and moonlit nights. He could drink about anybody under the table. He was a warm friend, a generous host. He and Eva had no children, however, uh, nor does he seem to ever have shown any interest in children. Uh, He actually built a house uh, and filled it with his uh, treasures. And you can imagine, with all the traveling he did, he had some old rifles, uh, revolvers, an 1840s cavalry saber, a pair of snowshoes. He, he actually get this. He had a human skull on the mantelpiece uh, of his fireplace. Uh, he had some Indian rugs, some Indian pots and baskets, drums, tomahawks, beaded shirts, moccasins. Again, just imagine traveling all that time and the things you'd collect. I, I'd do the same thing. So in 1895, he was working now in what he called mud or sculpting. And the result was the first bronze called the Bronco Buster. And you might want to look that up. That is quite an amazing sculpture. Anyway, on assignment from William Randolph Hearst, owner of the New York Journal, he sailed for Cuba to cover the uprising waged by the rebels. Well, the war with Cuba was uh, kind of a disillusioning experience for Remington's life. Uh, It was nothing like what he had expected. Uh, There was smothering heat. There was mud, rain, yellow fever, dysentery. The food was actually terrible, uh, if they even had some. Uh, The men were on half rations. They were out of tobacco. It rained. And he says it was miserable. Well, writing as it happens, one of the best of all accounts uh, of the brief 10-week conflict in Cuba. So uh, he actually did a good job writing about it. Well, anyway, according to Remington, it took him a year to get over being in Cuba. He painted the Charge of the Rough Riders at San Juan Hill. How about 1905, uh, after having published more than 100 magazine articles and two novels, he kind of abandoned uh, writing altogether. Uh, anyway, Remington died in December 26, 1909. He was 48 years old. And here was the man who, in his lifetime, had produced more than 3,000 works of art. And uh, so quite an amazing man, quite a history there. Uh, once again, he's a guy that was, along with Charlie Russell, to me, uh, two of my favorite uh, Old West painters that uh, depict a lot of uh, what the Old West was really like, although they did take a little, uh, what do we call what license to uh, uh, paint some, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, to paint some things that probably weren't exactly accurate. Like, for example, there's one painting, one of them, I can't remember which one wrote, they're painting, <clears throat> showing a uh, a horse reaching over to eat a biscuit off the uh, uh, back of the chuck wagon. Well, horses never got near the chuck wagon, I can guarantee you that. 
So anyway, that's the story of uh, Frederick Remington, painter of the Old West. Thanks, folks.